genre. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Dogma, one minute at a time. Today we're covering minute 18, quite possibly the greatest Adam one, two, three, four, five minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Thurkutch. And I'm Rick Tatro. Well, it's our final minute, and we still got some Alan Rickman going on. <laughs> You've reached the Alan Rickman minute, minute by minute. <laughs> I like, he starts off the minute, he's already in like, he's at like a nine already. He's like, you know what an angel is, don't you? <laughs> Oh, his pissed. head's bobbing. He's, yeah, he's, he's pissed because she doesn't so know who Metatron is. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I guess the equivalent of an angel is like you walk in, and you're like, I'm just trying to think of who the just the most famous artist on this. Like, we're the Beatles, and they're just like, right. who, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like the Beatles. We're a band. You know what a band is, right? <laughs> This this is the minute, and, and I, I this is where he's explaining who he is, right? Where yes, you, yes. You, you can't hear the the real voice of God because they, they 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 went through three. They went through five atoms before they realized five, that. Which you don't have the, the physical or the oral capacity to uh, withstand yeah. the un the, the full voice of God. Your heart your your heart would explode and your would mind would cave in. Yeah, <laughs> we went through. We went through five atoms before we figured that out. Which <laughs> I'm not real happy with that. It took you five atoms to realize, I feel like there's a problem here. <laughs> Every time God opened his mouth, poof, whoops. Well, you know what I love about these, this scene in, in general, the, the, you know, the last few minutes, is this is probably the least Kevin Smith scene of the movie. Um, it, I, you know, I love this movie. This was, this was, you know, as I've said before, this was my first Kevin Smith movie, um, and it's kind of the candle that I I judge all other Kevin Smith movies by. And you know, you've got these one one of Smith's great strengths or weaknesses, however you look at it, are these long, complicated one-on-one conversations, like with like you know Loki and and uh, and Bartleby, or you know. Uh, uh, Banky and, and uh, Affleck's character in, in Chasing Amy. Uh, <laughs> Holden, thank you. Um, you know, the, just two people sitting, in a, you know, in a shot talking to each other. You know, even going back to Clerks with, with uh, Dante and, and uh, Randall. Um, but this scene really feels different from that dynamic. And it's, it's not like I don't like the other dynamic. It just, I notice it when I see it or when I hear it in his other movies in this in this scene, it really doesn't feel like Smith dialogue. It feels more like what the Metatron would be saying, and I I I, I have to wonder if any of it was was Rickman improving. Now he doesn't. It, it's tough to track down because I tried to look. I know this is the first movie where he allowed some grace with his dialogue, mm-hmm. because prior to this, he was a real Aaron Sorkin about it. Of yeah, like, yeah. you will say what is on that paper. You will you will pause where the commas are. Like, if you said something that wasn't in there, nope, cut. Do it again. Say it the way I did it. Like, he would almost give line readings to people, which I know actors love that. Yeah. Well, didn't he say he was more lenient on this one because of Rickman and Chris right. Rock? Because he said he realized like, he showed up and he's just like, his first shots, he's working with like Carlin and like Chris Rock. And he's like, am I going to tell George Carlin and Chris Rock how to be funny? Right, be more funny. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if, if George Carlin says to you, I think it's funnier this way, it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. You just like, say okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's maybe like, it just takes a talent like Rickman to make Smith's dialogue sound much more natural. Yeah. Is it the equivalent of um, George Lucas wrote the dialogue for Star Wars? The difference is the actor spitting it out were pretty good. Yeah. So they made it work. Like when you got Harrison Ford and Alec Guinness spitting out your dialogue that makes no fucking sense, like mm-hmm. they can make it work. Some people can just make it work. Like I'm pretty sure Alan Rickman can make anything work. I could probably write something. He could be like, oh, I'll make so I'll make it work somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and and you know, Ford even called Lucas on. He's like, dude, you can type this shit, but you can't say it. Yeah, he literally said that to Lucas. And if you want to know what happens when that runs amok. I show you the prequels. Yeah. Because there's if, no one telling him no then. Yeah. What happens when nobody tells you no and when your actors are there who may actually be talented actors, but you give them they have no say anymore and they just have to do what you say. Yeah. And you got poor Ewan McGregor out there just trying his best. <laughs> just just Liam Neeson. Yeah, I mean like that's <laughs> what I said. It's the only movie I watched where I'm like, you made Samuel L. Jackson boring. Yeah, I didn't How think it was possible. possible. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Natalie Portman, who yeah. is amazing anywhere else. Yeah, and here she's got no charisma. I'm like, I watch her in other movies, and she's a charisma factory. Yeah, in here she's got nothing. Yeah, I thought they were trying to do that. They weren't like he wasn't I, aiming for her to be like that. This, I here's the thing. I think you could have had the same shitty script and set up for everything, and just replaced the director for all three movies. And I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I think they're going to be better. More watchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nobody ever watched Star Wars and said, wow, this is an amazingly directed movie. No. Most people have said, this is an amazing looking movie. This is an amazing idea. Like, the world building, all the stuff around it. And then once you look into it a little closer, you start realizing, oh, there was a lot of other people involved in this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, the the woman who would become his wife, Marsha edited the film and well she did the second cut on it and totally saved that movie um well i mean you know i don't i don't necessarily buy the the uh common quote-unquote uh belief that empire is the is is the best of the movies me neither but (laughs) it is the best made of the movies because Irving Kershaw made a brilliant film. My problem with it is it can't stand alone. So yeah. you know, it's 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 literally the second chapter. It was never meant to stand well, alone. And this is my argument with the new Star Wars movies, the last three. Listen, you can argue me up, down, and sideways about what you like, didn't like, the scripts, this, the, the, the. those are well-made, professional-looking movies. Yeah, I was like, it's obvious whoever directed them knows what they're doing. I was like, now. Do I have problems with them? Of course. <laughs> I was like, my main problem is not even about any specific film. It's the fact that you started these films like your um oh shit, what's his name? Ron Moore doing Battlestar Galactica. Of just like, ah, fuck it, we'll figure it out while we're going. Well, that's not a great way to run your Star Wars franchise. <laughs> it worked the first time. You barely, like, they did it in the first one. Like, Star Wars, yeah. Empire, Return of the Jedi. And it somehow worked. And I guess they were just like, oh, we can do that again. That's not how it works. Yeah. Like, well, it's like uh, 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 The Last Jedi. It, I, it was not a great movie, but I really give uh, the director whose name escapes me now. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Um, Ryan, yeah. I give him huge props for taking risks, which 
no one had done for years with Star Wars. And then Abrams came in with the last one and went, eh, fuck everything he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun right there. That was like, imagine, just here, we'll, we'll use this as an example watching Dogma. Imagine if halfway through Dogma you're like, I'm going to replace the director. And the guy's just like, eh, let's do everything differently. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It's like, actually, Alan Rickman's a bad guy now. What? What? Like, that's not... <laughs> But I love this whole scene. I, I love his uh, disdain for Bethany solely and, because she just dumped, wa- you know, dumped a fire extinguisher yeah. on him. You, know, you, you can tell that he's, he's trying to keep his shit together uh, and, and be the compassionate thing he's supposed to be. Yeah. He's but like, he's also so natty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's like, yeah, he's being such a bitch about it. It's just like, he knows he's supposed to be the August Metatron, but he's like, you just sprayed me with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, he's, he's still like, pissed about the fire extinguisher. And you can tell he's already a little pissy about humans in general, where he's just like, oh, he's like, you people. <laughs> what does she say? Oh, why doesn't God speak for himself? And he's just like, oh, thanks for joining the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Uh, if you if people speak to God, they're actually speaking to me or to themselves. Yeah, like and he does like a little hand motion. He's like, or they're uh, talking to themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I love how his his you know he has he can do that you know uh, uh, Jane Eyre posh accent like nobody's business. But during that during that little speech about when they're when they're you know when they they say they're talking to God, there's speaking to me and he just he kind of drops into almost a working class accent for a little bit and then switches right back to the to the to the the, the posh it, it's it's such a beautiful thing to behold yeah rickman is was was such an amazing talent and i and think he does it without seeming snobby either mm-hmm. he can, you know we were talking in the last minute about about how he makes makes you feel like you know he's so much better than everybody else he's with but he does it in a way that doesn't make you hate him yeah, he, but he's not better than you because like he's got more money than you, or that he's a higher social standing. Like he's just a better all around person. Than uh, yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not bragging when it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like all those books you pretend you read, he read them. Like he's that guy. <laughs> and and then the, and then when you know I, I I love when when he's like, all right, fuck it, let's go to the bar. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I I read tonight that, that you know when he has the maracas. He oh. kept those things for like days and yeah. was just pissing everybody off. He said he was annoying the whole crew. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It is. I do enjoy it towards the end of the minute where she's like, how do I know you're an angel? And he's kind of just like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I, I showed up in your room in a plume of fire and I have wings. I realized being skeptical is one thing. But like at some point, you know, you've gone beyond that. Like, I understand extraordinary events require an extraordinary evidence, but, like, I'm standing right here. Yeah. Remember when I transubstantiated something in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I was a ball of flame when I showed up? <laughs> so he snaps his fingers. Where are they? Mexico? He says tequila, so. Yeah, it, well, it's a, it's a Mexican restaurant. It's me- Yeah, we'll find out next week ex- specifically where oh. it is. Yeah, oh, but okay. I will say this. I'll give you this much because you don't have much of this minute. The snapping of the fingers and switching between scenes on the left pan into him sitting down for Kevin, that's like some Brian De Palma shit right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. We, don't, we didn't see none of that in Clerks. Yeah, which is hilarious because I was just watching Homeland. I'm still trying to catch up with it. And 
to watch at the beginning of every episode, it's like DP Dave Klein, who's who shoots these movies. He shoots wow. Homeland. So does he just fall asleep on Kevin's sets? Of just like Kevin's <laughs> like, just lock the camera down. He's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> And then right Just here, give he's me a call like, if you need me to move it. That's he's like, "Oh, I get to do a camera move, <laughs> and not even like a regular move, like an actual. You get to do like a whip dissolve to like the next thing, like whoo, yeah, oh, fancy." Now I've got a question about this scene that didn't occur to me until we've been talking about it. Um, were Fiorentino and Rickman actually there together? Because I don't when- think you ever see them both. In camera when, at the same time. When you were talking about how it seems different than a Kevin Smith dialogue, I thought that myself. I thought, yeah, because they're not even in the same room together. Now, I'm wondering if... Now, usually I would chalk that up to somebody being a shitty actor. of just being like, well, I'm not going to sit there where the other person does their lines. But I'm wondering if because of the angel rig, was he there for like all day? <laughs> hmm. And they were like, oh, we maybe. just can't have her. We can't have her in here for like 12 hours while we're dicking around with this angel thing. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's one of those things, like, I realize I'm not there, but, like, I listen for those stories sometimes of, like, what actors stay on sets and which ones are, like, my coverage is over, piss off, and they leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the actors who gets dumped on a lot but apparently doesn't do that is our old buddy Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I've heard that a lot. He's apparently the opposite of, like, you're the lowliest shitty extra and you have one line, but it's to him. He stays there for your line and gives you your part of it. Yeah, I've, I've never heard anything bad about Cruz as an actor. Yeah, professionally, apparently he's an A plus. Yeah, we'll just we'll glide past no, the rest. No, no, of, no, yeah, no. just just <laughs> be, as long as you don't bring. He may be that guy who's like this guy's the best guy to work with. Yet there's just a couple things you never ever bring up, and you're yeah. good. It might be like your friend at work who you're friends with at work, but politically you guys are on different worlds, right? And you just. You know never to bring that up with them. He <laughs> just met you over for dinner on Saturday. Just don't. It's a it's a it's a it's a polite decline. And if you guys are good enough friends, you know to make the offer, and the other person knows to decline it. <laughs> Once in a while, you got to make the hey, uh, you know what? You know you should come over sometime. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely do that. And that's it. And then you never fucking yeah. follow up on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because unless you're sure, you got to be – I realize you don't have to be the same as your friends, but there is only so much distance you can have with actual people whose homes you're going to go into. Yeah. Like you know if it just occurred to me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just I, – I, it just – thinking back on, on, you know, the last – you know, on, uh, especially uh, Mallrats, Kevin Smith is really good at either directing them to or hiring people who can decorate bedrooms really well. <laughs> well he had I know, the, I know the set decorator for this was Robert Ratface Holtzman because he's in the movie oh, later oh yeah the bartender he, no he's the not bartender. that's a different guy the bar, he's the um, who the hell is he that might be Dave Klein that might be the DP um, oh, Ratface okay. is the guy who shows up at the um, at the, the rally at the end and puts his hand on Ben Affleck's shoulder and he's like alright let's go because they make fun of him because he's got like a, a he has a ridiculous philly accent oh okay because he says like all right it's time to go home and like he he, like leans into it bad (laughs) and they used to break his balls about it all the time oh okay but yeah of course you know you know even though it's a movie he should be able to afford he still throws all his buddies in it yeah yeah (laughs) well you know the the long ago and you know a galaxy far far away long before podcasts and mp3 players uh when dvds came out 
and I discovered director's commentaries. Uh, you know, I used to I used to drive all over Florida when I was single. Uh, like every summer, one you know, I've been a teacher forever, so you know, every summer I would have two months off. So I would I would drive all around the state and go visit friends that I hadn't seen for a year. Um, and so I used to listen to uh, and audiobooks really weren't a thing yet either. But I, so I would listen to like stand up comedy tapes. Uh, and then once DVDs came out and we had director's commentary, uh, I would just record the director's commentary and listen to that while I was driving. And so I've listened to the Dogma director's commentary like a dozen times. Um, but it was always while I was driving, so I wasn't necessarily <laughs> watching the film while I was driving. <laughs> I also listened to The First Evening with Kevin Smith, you know, a hundred times. Oh, yeah. The first one is the one where he... That's the... Um... Oh God! Superman. Looks, that's the Superman Prince story. Yeah. Yeah, I've listened to that one too. I think everyone's heard the Superman story by now. That's even yeah. that was like a giant fucking spider. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's watching what was it? Wild Wild West, and he's like, Wild Oh my Wild God! <laughs> it's a giant fucking spider. And he's like, it's Why is there a giant spider, spider in this? Well, don't you know it's the most dangerous animal in the world? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I listened to Kevin. I when uh, Smodcast first came out, I listened to it for about a year and a half, I think. And then I just, eventually I was just like, how many times are you going to try to get Mosher to admit he'll take it up the ass in this <laughs> given situation? And uh, I sort of drifted away yeah. from it. I never got tired of, Smodcast I never got tired of. Um, he did the show with Jason Mewes. I eventually bailed on that one. But uh, I, I, got, um, I don't listen the, to Fat Man on Batman anymore either. Uh, I listen to Fat Man on Batman because it depends on what they're covering. Like a lot of times they cover the, they cover the Marvel shows, so I listen to that. Oh, okay. And... What, I like Hollywood Babylon, but I don't like when they do the comic. You know, when they do the voiceovers for the comics. Oh, I don't like that. But they've been doing uh, the Batman show oh, okay. recently, the Caped commentaries, where they just talk about the Batman TV show. Oh, nice. Which I enjoy those type of things, like especially a show you've seen enough times where like you don't yeah. have to. Just like Rick was yeah. saying, like you've seen it fifty times, so like you know what they're talking about. Right. And you're just like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember. Oh my god, I forgot how crazy that shit was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I should I should check them out again. It's been it's been long enough. I, I well, I will tell you this. Like I would say, the last like three or four Smodcast, I have totally skipped because they're not. If you don't hear Mosier, just delete it. Okay. <laughs> because if he just goes on know, there, like, he went on there and did like an hour and a half talk with one of his vegan asshole friends. I'm like, I'd rather listen to people getting tortured than listen to that shit. <laughs> like I don't care. That's that's not even Kevin specific. That's anybody. Like, don't talk to me about veganism or Teslas. Or fucking cryptocurrency. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. There's a poll right there to put up on Facebook. Which one of those people would you least likely to be stuck in? Would you not want to be stuck in an elevator with? Like, which one do you kill yourself first? (laughs) I think the the last Kevin Smith podcast I listened to, and I honestly, it was probably Smodcast. I don't know. He was relating a story about his wife. uh, I forget her name, but oh, Jen. Jen. Yeah. Was getting ready to go out. Oh, and I didn't. <laughs> and he was like kneeling on the bathroom floor. <laughs> I remember this off. one. Looking and, at her asshole. Yeah, and and, and and I'm just like, you know, I know that you 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 are a sharing person and you like to tell stories, but there needs to be a line. <laughs> not with him. There's not. <laughs> I know. And I was like, this this is this is even you know. And and I'm in my car alone. It's not like you know. Oh my god, my kids because you know there's no way in hell right. I put it on if my kid was on, in the car. 
Uh, but it was just like, I'm alone. Nobody can hear me listening to the show, and I'm embarrassed as fuck. Right? Well, I would say now, especially since that was probably like 100 episodes ago. Yeah. And especially with there's so many podcasts today, there's no reason to be a completist. That's definitely the type of show where you can just go through and be like, and I'll tell you right now, basically, if you don't see Scott Moser on there or not, like, it's not Brian and, like, Walt or something, you can just be like, delete, 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 delete. Like, you don't have to yeah. listen. Like, he'll have guests on there sometimes, but it's never as good. And even if they're famous, like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to see talking famous people. That story you were talking about, I automatically would think, like, my wife would leave me after that. Like, she would be like, <laughs> yeah. you are gross. Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if you weren't, like, you're not normally that open about your life. And then you just tell some fucked up story on like the podcast one time. Yeah. There's zero chance that doesn't get back to her at some point. Oh yeah, no doubt. E- even if you're not Kevin Smith, you're just Chris. Like, there's no yeah. way that doesn't get back to her at some point. Someone's gonna dime your ass out. Somebody eventually is gonna put on Facebook like, I can't believe that fucked up story you told on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough last year you called your wife the devil. I'm surprised she hasn't found out yeah. about that yet. <laughs> you know, I forgot. I, I must have been drunk because I totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I sure as hell didn't because it came up and I'm like, whoo, I'm glad that wasn't me. <laughs> All right. Thank God she's not a Chris fan and she's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's not a real fan of my work. <laughs> All right. Speaking yeah, of, my, my wife doesn't listen to my shows either. And I asked her once, I'm like, why don't you listen to my stuff? She goes, I, I get enough of your opinions at home all the yeah. time. I don't need to listen to them while I'm driving. And I'm like, that's a fair point. That is a fair yeah, point. I couldn't argue that. <laughs> you know, it's right, funny. Are you, are you trying to finish up here, Jeff? I'm trying to wrap it up, and you just keep wandering the fuck off. Go ahead. I won't even talk about it. Go ahead. You're good. You know, we can we can talk to Rick another time. You don't, you know, you don't have to be limited to these three minutes here. Yeah, and you guys can come on my any of my shows well, yeah. at any time. Oh, yeah. Well, we try to a couple times, but like it's, it's always when bad shit happens, and the wife, the wife won't let me podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Chris, yeah, we, I, Chris still, you... I still want to do that that show with you because I, I, you know, I, I was I invited Jeff to come on because I want to do a show about the 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 fiction that Starfleet is not military, <laughs> and it's, it is a fiction. <laughs> well, it's fiction. It's a fictional, yeah, but but yeah, that I think that's such bullshit. But anyway, that has nothing to do. <laughs> no, man, they just explore and they do science. Yeah, okay. Who and pays them? And they then who pays them? And... <laughs> well, nobody gets paid. Come on now, get with the program. Yeah. I mean, beyond oh, TOS, there is no money, apparently, except there is. It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Rick, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you about that uh, that fictional podcast that I'm supposed to be on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, check out any of my other work, uh, come over to the Infinite Potato Alliance uh, podcast network. Uh, I'm on a bunch of shows there. Uh, such as Starbase 66, Open the Iris, that Star Trek podcast, that Super Fan Talk podcast, Captain Game Show, uh, and I've got a few others that I want to get started if I can find people to co-host with me. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hooked to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen, Chris. Come on. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> We're the Jane Silent Pop Minute. Uh, go check us out on T Public. We haven't plugged that in a while. Uh, you got to search the Burbs Minute to find us because their search engine sucks. And go ahead, Jeff. It's Friday. Uh, it's Friday. It's time for your Bible quote. <laughs> John eleven thirty five. Then Jesus wept. As well he should. That's from um, Hellraiser. Yeah. See, I was wondering if anybody would get the Hellraiser thing. Who's <laughs> 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 
double check Chris, make sure he's actually recording. All right, three, two, one. 46. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I shut up as soon as you said three, two, one, and you started talking again. You were talking when I said it. One, two, three. Welcome to the Jane's 